Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank God, you know, mighty God, once again, for the privilege given unto us to come together again. A very, very Merry Christmas to all of you. This season, I trust your Christmas were very cheerful at home and your family were very happy. And I pray that the best of the season will be yours. And my God will watch over you throughout those times and usher you safely into the coming year. Amen. And I also thank Pastor Eva and her team for believing the hand of God upon my life. God richly Amen. bless all of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Beloved, you know, today, as we all, all know, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And as I was thinking about, you know, when Pastor Eva or Eva called me, you know, and told me that I should come and, you know, share the word of God with you. And I was thinking, you know, this Christmas season, God, we've heard about the message and message and message time and time and time and time and time. God, I want something different. I want something different. God, give me something different. And behold, the spirit of God placed into my heart. That's my theme for today's message is finding Christ in the right place at the right time. Finding yeah. Christ in the right place at the right time. And it's going to be based on the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. We are all going to see the hand of God in directing the event of his birth. My main test is going to be from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2, verse 1 to 14. Now, for the four Gospels of the New Testament, only the Gospel of Matthew and Luke talk about the birth of Jesus Christ. As for the Gospel of Mark and John, takes up the life of Christ in his adult years when he started his ministry but Matthew and Luke talk about the birth and of these two gospels the most comprehensive record of the birth of Jesus Christ is in the gospel of Luke so most of the passage that will be read in churches today would either be from Matthew or from Luke and most of them from the same passage that I'm going to read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 14. Let's hear the word of God. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Those census took place whilst Quirinius was governing in Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went out from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, 
because he was the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with a child. So it was that whilst they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in a swaddling cloth and lay him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people, for there is born into you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in a swaddling cloth, laying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Amen. Hallelujah. Beloved, we know that Jesus Christ lived his life. As you know, he was 33 years. Lived his life under two major leaders or rulers to Roman emperors, hallelujah. The first one was Caesar Augustus. Augustus Caesar was the first emperor of the Roman Empire. Julius Caesar has started a process, but he was assassinated in the Senate room because they thought he wanted to be a dictator. And after Julius Caesar, his grand nephew, Augustus, became Octavian. Then later, Augustus became the emperor of the Roman emperor. Hallelujah. And it was under his rulership or his reign that Jesus was born. Then later, on his, on his death, and when Jesus began his ministry, there was another emperor who was ruling Roman, and this, and his name was Tiberius, and he was the emperor at the time of the ministry of Jesus Christ. So now we see that there was Augustus, Caesar Augustus, and Tiberius, Augustus, uh, Caesar, were very prominent in the life of Jesus Christ. And you may wonder, why am I talking about that? You will find it out very soon. Hallelujah. Jesus, as you know, was a Jew from Judea. And Judea was one of the areas that was governed by the Roman emperor. Roman emperor has taken over a lot of lands. And Judea, Jesus' homeland, was one of those places. So in our text today, we see the historical 
and cultural context within which Jesus Christ was born. Jesus didn't just born into nothing. There were things happening and he was born within that time. And the big background that we are looking at here is when Jesus was about to be born, there was a census. And the census required that the people go to be registered where they consider to be their hometown. Hallelujah. So, Joseph, the foster father of Jesus, and his mother, Mary, went to Bethlehem to be registered. The reason that happened was because the Jews has a different way of determining where they consider their hometown from the Romans, hallelujah, or the Romans, hallelujah. So if you were a Jew and you were asked to go and register for a census in your hometown, the Jews will go to their ancestral homeland. But the Romans will go to the land that they were born in. It is almost like we, the Ghanaians. If you ask me today that where is my hometown, I will say to you that it's in Cape Coast in Ghana. Although I wasn't born in Cape Coast, I did not grow up in Cape Coast, but Cape Coast is my ancestral hometown because my mother comes from there, my grandmother comes from there, my great-great-grandmother comes from there, and so forth. Hallelujah. So I've been told that I'm from Ghana because Cape Ed Coast is my hometown. Hallelujah. That's how Jewish consider their hometown. Their hometown is not where you live, but where your ancestors were from. Hallelujah. If you are a Roman, they ask you to your hometown. This is where you were born. The Romans, their hometown is where you were born. The Romans are like the Europeans. Hallelujah. But Joseph was not a Roman. He was a Jew. So when the decree came to go and be registered in their hometown, he did not register in Nazareth, where he has to go. But he has to go to the hills of Judea, to Bethlehem, where his ancestors come from. And all of this was very important to God's plan for bringing Jesus into the world. The distance from Nazareth to Bethlehem was about 80 miles. And it took them three days to make that journey. Now, when we consider everything we have read about the birth of Jesus Christ, the profound idea that comes into us is that God rules over human history. Hallelujah. God rules over human history. We don't usually factor God into the event of our times and in our world. So when things happen in our world, we just say, oh, 
the politicians, the politicians, they are doing their own things and so forth. But God rules in the history of nation. And if you ask, hallelujah, if you should ask what has been happening, or if I ask you now, what has happened in this world? You will say that there are so many things happening right now. U.S. Congress are very busy passing series of goals. In Glasgow, there is, you know, a summit about climate change. When you think about Russia, the Russia are engaging in a war with Ukraine. You know, this Omicron virus. There is so many things happening in our world. Hallelujah. And all those events happening in our world. But within those events, we must see the hands of God. Hallelujah. Things don't just happen by chance, beloved. Things happen because God has determined that those things should happen and within the event of life we see the hand of God and we notice from this passage that before Jesus Christ was born there was a prophet his name is Micah Micah had prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus Christ in Micah chapter 2 uh, 5 verse 2 sorry Micah chapter 5 verse 2 it read but you Bethlehem, Ephrata, though you were little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be a ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old, from everlasting. Hallelujah. You remember when the wise men went to inquire from Herod, King Herod, where Christ is born. This is what the wise men quoted to respond to Herod. This means that hundreds of years, 700 years earlier, a prophet has declared that the Messiah has to be born in Bethlehem. But the angel Gabriel went to Nazareth to find the vessel. Hallelujah. That this uh, prophet Micah has prophesied that the Messiah has to be born in Bethlehem. But the angel Gabriel went to Nazareth to find the vessel, Mary, and the Holy Spirit came upon her in Nazareth. But the child must not be born in Bethlehem, uh, Nazareth. Hallelujah. Sorry. The child must not be born in Nazareth. But the child must be born in Bethlehem. How is Mary going to know that the child must be born in Bethlehem? How is Mary going to be in Bethlehem? Is she even aware that the child must be born in Bethlehem? Is she aware? No. She just knows that she is pregnant. An angel has told her that... She will become pregnant. Where the child is going to be born is not really what she was thinking about. But God's word says, God's word says the child must be born in Bethlehem. 
So God have to use the events of history mm. to bring Mary to Bethlehem. Hallelujah. So we learn from the passage. Hallelujah. We learn from the passage that God rules over human history. He uses different people at different levels. Different people at different levels. Some are big policy makers. Some are small operators. And each one of them, God is using them. Hallelujah. Look at the people involved in this story. Micah, the prophet, 700 years ago. Prophet. God's prophet used to declare that Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. And then there is Augustus Caesar, who is the ruler at that point, making decree, making policy that every 14 years, the citizen under his domain should be registered. Hallelujah. Then there is Kyrios, who is overseeing the census process. All these people thinking that they are doing their own thing, but God is doing his own thing through them. Micah, Caesar Augustus, Quirinius, then there is Joseph and Mary. Thinking, oh, we are just going to be registered. Or we are going to be just registered. But God is working out his purpose. And even there is inner keeper, the low level inner keeper. Maybe he, he was the front desk who decided that there is no room for them to be in for the couple. Hallelujah. He is also being used so that through an orchestration of goals through large global policymakers, even to small time operators, God is using people to bring his will to pass in the life of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It is amazing how God goes far reaching into our life to bring his will to pass. Hallelujah. There are many things happening in our life now that we may not understand. Sometimes there will be a big policy and we say, oh, why this policy? Or sometimes if something is happened in Canada, something is happened in Japan, something is happened in the United Kingdom. And we are saying, why all these things going on? But beloved, when you look behind it, God is using or God is working behind the scene to work a situation to position you somewhere that he would design for you to be there, hallelujah. God uses people at all different levels and different manner of position. Then we see that God doesn't only use people, but he also uses places all over the world, different places. Looking at the place where first, Judea, where Micah gave his prophecy, then Rome, where Caesar lives, then Syria, where Kyrios has oversight the uh, census, then Judea again, 
then Nazareth and Galilee and Bethlehem. All those places, if you are having a quiz now and you are asked, what are those places have in common? What does Judea, Roman, Nazareth, Bethlehem have in common? You will say, no, nothing. Nothing. They have nothing in common. But in God's mind, these towns, which seem to just exist by themselves, all of them have a place there. Hallelujah. In God's mind. And one thing we have to be aware that all of them have one thing in common. All of them have one thing in common. The purposes of God. The purposes of God. God uses people unconnected to connect you. He uses places unconnected to connect you. Then he uses different periods of times and different events. Micah spoke 700 years ahead. The prophecy of Micah was also linked to other prophecies right up to the Garden of Eden. And when God said, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent right through Moses and through the major prophet of the Old Testament, each one prophesying different aspects of this Messiah and each one in different times, not knowing who will come next. Hallelujah. And the next thing, and each one in different times connected by God. And then you see the world and you see the Greek empire growing. The Greek language spreading all over the world. And the Romans taking over and bringing total different system, governance, which now includes Judea. In the fullness of time, God brings up his purposes. Hallelujah. So God's purposes are completed in the right place at the right time. When God has a purpose, he wants to bring into pass. He set them within a time and a place. And these two factors must be emerged. The time and the place must synchronize. And so when you read the passage, the verse says, it says, so it was that whilst they were there, whilst they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Whilst they were there, the place, the days were completed for her to deliver it. Hallelujah. What do you see here? What do you see here? We see divine placement. Whilst they were there, divine placement. They have to get to this particular place for them to get into this particular place. Event of history have to move them. Hallelujah. Event of history have to move them. When you look at, at, at First King chapter 17, verse 9 to 8, the Bible says that when God wanted to feed Elijah, let me read. The Bible said, verse 8, 9 to 8. It said, 
Arise, go to Zarephath, which belonged to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded the widow there to provide for you. God said to Elijah, I want to feed you, but there is a place you must get there in order to be fed. Hallelujah. Why God didn't take the widow to Elijah? Why God didn't take the widow to Elijah? But God said to Elijah, you have to change location. Sometimes the place God moved us into are his, is part of his plan. Hallelujah. They are part of God's plan. You have to get there. You have to get there. Now, if you put yourself in the position of Joseph, your wife is nine months pregnant. She is just about to deliver. All the signs say she is deliver. She will deliver. She is living in Nazareth. All the signs says she have to deliver. And she's living in Nazareth. If somebody come to you and say to you, Joseph, you know, your baby must be born in Bethlehem. Would you, Joseph, move your nine-month pregnant wife to Bethlehem? There is no way Joseph would do that. There is no way. But he have to go to Bethlehem because the prophecy have established that the baby should be born in Bethlehem. Hallelujah. Joseph will not risk this. The only way for God to move Joseph and Mary from Nazareth to travel about 80 miles in three days to create an event that they cannot resist. And the event he cannot resist was originated from Rome. They were not in the Senate meeting when the law was passed and it hit them in Judea. If I can imagine the way Joseph will react, He's going to say, look at you, politician. Look at you, policymakers. You sit in your offices and you make this rules. You make this policy. And now look at my wife. Eight, nine months pregnant. Why do I have to move my wife? All this problem. Because this is all we ask. We always blame the politician. We bring the policymakers. Because what God, where God is moving us is not comfortable to us. Hallelujah. And I am sure Joseph was very angry with the politician. And God was looking at Joseph and said, boy, you are in wrong place. You are in wrong place. And I cannot suggest the right thing to you. I have to compel you to go to the right place. And I'm going to use the system of history to compel you to take your lady or your wife to Bethlehem because the time is near and you are the right, you are the wrong place. And I don't want you to mess up thousand years of prophecy. You one man carpenter. I don't want you to mess up this prophecy. You are going to mess up everything in Nazareth. So God orchestrated history 
It was beyond him, Joseph, but it was for him. It was above him, but it is to fulfill the purposes of God for him and for the child that is yet to be born. Hallelujah. Divine placement. Divine placement. Now, the next thing we see is divine timing. The Bible says, when they got there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. The time was perfect. Hallelujah. Two things happened here. The timing and the placement. When you were a child of God, beloved, when you are a child of God, your life is not purposeless. When you were a child of God, I'm saying it again. Your life is not purposeless. Your life is purposeful. Hallelujah. The place God takes you, the place he moves you into, you may not even know it. You may even dislike it. You may criticize it. But over the time, you see the hand of God was one way or the other moving you from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Hallelujah. And by a Colon law from Augustine Caesar, who doesn't even recognize the child you are about to deliver, but it's working to bring the child to pass. Divine placement, divine timing. I just came here today to let you know that the events of history are not against you. Events of history are not against you. The events of history are working to you to bring God's purposes in your life. You may not understand it. Sometimes you may not understand everything and you don't need to understand everything. All you need to know is that your life is in the hands of God. Hallelujah. And he is ordering your steps and he will bring you into the appointed place. It may be through a painful process. It may be a tough and inconveniences that can inconvenience a nine-month-old pregnancy. Travel for 80 miles, not even in a car, not even in a train, not even in a horse, not even in a chariot. Most likely a donkey around the terrain, around the terrain. And there are no tide roads, no pavement in Judea. And Judea, was materials, a hearing country. And they went up. And I can imagine Mary going through all my ways, all sitting on the donkey. My ways, my baby, my ways, my baby. I'm pain. I'm in pain. Oh God, what are, what is going on? I don't know, Joseph. Why do you do that? You should leave me alone. You should take my ID card and you should leave me alone. And you go and register. Hallelujah. But God was saying, yeah, 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 Mary, your baby cannot born in a wrong place. Your baby have to be born in Bethlehem. Hallelujah. Some of you today, you are on your way to Bethlehem, but you are complaining because the thing moving you to Bethlehem, you don't like it. It looks like Augustine Caesar, who is messing up your life. Today, God sent me here to tell you that 
Augustine Caesar has nothing to do with this. This is the hand of God guiding you. This is the hand of God leading you and bringing you to the appointment place. And when you get there, the time will be completed for you to be delivered. Hallelujah. And you will give birth to what God has put within you. Jesus was not the only one who had to be brought to that place. In chapter 8 of the Luke Gospel, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fold, keeping watch over their night. They are the first one who must hear this great announcement. God has come down in the form of man and somebody must hear it. Somebody must hear it. And God has determined that I'm going to tell the shepherd first. I'm going to tell the shepherd first. In the life of a shepherd, as you will see, there is a divine placement today. Because the Bible said the shepherds were around the place where Christ was born. They were in the same country, living out in the food. How do they get there? How do they get there? And how did the shepherd get to be where the action was? This is the question I want you to ask yourself. Why and how did the shepherd get to be where the action was? Now, if you know anything about shepherds, shepherds are not stationary people. Shepherds, they are migratory. They are nomads because shepherds don't stay in one place. Shepherds have to go to where there is glass. The grass is green. So where they can bring their sheep to eat in green grass. Hallelujah. And where the grass, when the grass is finished, they have to go and find another place where they can find grass and gaze over there. Hallelujah. So this shepherd, they brought their sheep to Bethlehem. How? This shepherd in this place has not been there for a long time. They haven't come there. They've been moving just like the baby mother and father have also been moving. So I don't know how they started their journey. Maybe they started their journey. This is my own inclination. Maybe they have started their journey when Mary and Joseph too started their journey. And in this particular night, this particular night, they came to Bethlehem. And maybe they were even going to leave the next morning. But that night, God has led them to their position around the birth of Jesus Christ. They had to be placed there. They've been walking. They've been moving. They don't settle. Can you imagine? Them going from one place to another, searching for greener pastures for their, for their sheep. Can you imagine if you were one of the shepherds? You never seem to find rest. You never seem to settle. You've been moving from one place to another. Then you know, one night, nothing seems to happen. 
Nothing seems to happen because he wants your sheep to have comfort. So you have to sacrifice moving from here to there to get them something to eat. Hallelujah. Then you have no idea that something from heaven is about to explode in your life. So they are just there with their sheep and maybe to go the next morning to another place or use another route. Divine placement, not only for Mary and Joseph, but for the shepherd as well. Hallelujah. God has ordered their steps and brought them, hallelujah, to that place. The Bible said that they were watching over their flock by night. They were awake at that time. They kept themselves awake at that time. They should have been sleeping because they've been waking up, walking all day. And that night, they were awake. And you can ask me, how do you know? Because there's no indication that they were waking up. When an angel went to visit Peter in prison, the Bible said Peter was asleep and the angel had to wake him up. These people, the shepherd, they were not woken up. They were alert. They were alert. So they've been moving the whole day. It is night, but their eyes are opened. Hallelujah. And just as they were watching around, an angel stood before them. By the way, I don't think you believe that angels are shining objects. No. Angels are human beings, being in darkness, and you have to have eyes to see them. Hallelujah. And if you are dozing, you won't see them. They were awake. They saw those angels. And the moment they saw those angels, a light shone around them. And the angels said to them, folks, something great has happened. For unto you this day in the city of David, just next door, a savior who is Christ the Lord has been born. And this will be the sign. And he gave them the sign. And then afterwards, the host of angels gathered around this one and declaring glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace and goodwill unto mankind. Hallelujah. Those angels, their path was ordered by God and the timing was right. You see the con confluence of history, placement and timing, perfecting God's purposes. Hallelujah. If you are on journey, I am here to tell you, don't let, hallelujah, the place you are in now, the place you are in now, get over you. Hallelujah. Even if you are saying it has been a too long. It has been a too long. I don't know what is going on. I'm here to tell you there is timing of God. There is a placing and there is a timing. God rules in affairs of life. God rules in the event of life. God rules in your life. And not everything that he wants you to do or he wants you to know. Sometimes the people he uses even have no clue. 
They have no clue why, why they are doing what they are doing. I am sure if you ask uh, Caesar Augustus, why do you do that? Why do you create those senses for 14 years, every 14 years? He will say to you, oh, I'm Caesar. I must count my people. I'm doing my own thing. He will give all his own interpretation. But if you ask God, why is Caesar making this policy? God will say, because I'm going to need that policy later in life. I'm going to need it to move Mary and Joseph from where they are to a place I have appointed them to be. God is using Caesar. He's using Quirinius. He's using the inner keeping. He's using everybody to align with his purposes. Hallelujah. This Christmas, may God bring you into alignment. May God order your step into the right place. May God bring you into the fulfillment of timing. I, come to I came to just declare to you that you are not late. You are not behind. You will not be left. You will not be left behind. You will not miss God. God has in you, in your, his hands. He has you under his guidance. He will order history to favor you. He will order the events of life to favor you. At this point, there is policy in China being made. At this time, there's a policy in Canada for your good. And there is a policy made in Japan for you. Japanese parliament doesn't even know that they are making that policy. But God knows that you are going to need that policy. At this point, there is something happening somewhere in the world that you have no idea. But three years, four years, five years, ten years later, then the configuration of history will bring you into the perfect alignment of God's purposes. And you realize that all these things we're working together for your good because you are a child of God. You are called according to his purpose and you are beloved of him. It was later that people could look back and say, and I like how Matthew will say, Matthew will look back and say, this was done that it may be fulfilled, which was written by the prophet that this time nobody knew. But later on, when you connect the dots, you will say that this was done, that it may be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah or the prophet Micah. This was done that it might fulfill. This was done that it might be fulfilled. This was done that it might be fulfilled. Beloved, today I know this word is for somebody here. This morning, God is saying, you are not going, you are going through stuff. You don't understand. You don't understand where this timing is leading you or where this thing is leading you. You don't know why these things are happening. God says, I should tell you, this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was written concerning you you will not miss God you will not miss your destiny you will not miss your assignment you will not you will not you will fulfill your purposes hallelujah you will fulfill the will of God in Jesus name praise the Lord
you will fulfill the purposes of God in your life. Somebody give God a praise. Somebody give God a praise. We give you praise. Before I close, I want you to give you a chance to make a decision. Maybe you have been invited to join us today. I want you to give you a chance to make a decision, to make Jesus Christ your Lord, the Lord of your life. You are here this morning. You said, evangelist, I believe this word is for me. That is good. But the most important thing is for you to find Christ in the right place at the right time. And this is the right place. This is the right time for some of you. If you are in the meeting today, for this purpose, that you may find Christ and be born again. Maybe someone invited you to join us. Maybe you'll be listening when they upload it on YouTube. That is why you are here today. God wants to save your soul and want to bring you a new life. Let us bow our heads in prayers. Jesus, Jesus, if I, I still believe that somebody is on this line who wants to be transformed by God, that is your desire. I want you to come into, come bring Jesus into your heart today. Let Jesus come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, wherever you are wherever you are. God bless you. God bless you. And we are all going to pray together. I want you to mean it in your hearts. I want you to mean it in your hearts. And I want you to put your hand on your heart as we pray. Heavenly Father, I have come to you today just as I am. I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I thank you that Jesus died for me to give me a new life. And today I receive him as my Lord and my Savior. Today I boldly declare I belong to Jesus. I am his and his alone. I thank you, Father for accepting me in Jesus' name. Amen. And beloved, I want you to remember God has a divine placement for you. God has a divine timing for you. Don't sit on your comfort zone. Don't sit on your comfort zone. God is moving you. Stop complaining. Mary, have to go to Bethlehem. She was nine months pregnant. It was very inconvenient, but she did it. And behold, today we are celebrating the birth of our Savior who came into this world to give us a new life and hope. And hope. God 
have purpose for you. And it's my prayer that God will bring us into his alignment this year as we are about to enter into next year so that we may see the hand and the purpose of God in our life. God bless you all. Amen and amen.